Today is a day to rejoice, to give thanks to God. Wow, 80 years of ministry in Jesus' name in the Burnsville Savage area. Just think of that. How many weddings, how many baptisms, how many funerals have we gathered together to celebrate, to mark? How many times did we sing out as a community? How many songs, hymns over the years? How many anthems? How many folks and voices in the choirs over the years? How much lime jello and the potlucks <laughs> over the years? So much, so much to be given thanks to. Today we gather and it's good to give thanks for the people of St. James, for the ways that we've come together over 80 years. That's a lifetime. Come together to share in community. Thanks for all the leaders, the council people, the presidents, the pastors, the staff. We're grateful for all the talents and the efforts. Today, we're also grateful for the opportunity to serve this community from quilts that we make that go to the homeless, to comfort meals that we share with our hungry neighbors, to armful of love, Christmas gifts that we share with the wider community at the holidays, to blood drives. The list just goes on and on of ways that we have cared and we've put our faith into action and outreach. Grateful. It's good to rejoice that. It's also good to rejoice the partnerships that we share in ministry with the St. Paul Area Synod, with congregations around this church engaged in ministry in Africa. To Pastor Maponzi, our brothers and sisters in Christ who have finished their worship of the day on the other side of the globe. We're grateful, grateful for what God is able in us to do and those relationships that are so strong. Today is a day to give thanks. But we would be remiss if we started with giving thanks for ourselves and our own efforts. Let's start with saying thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness. For over those 80 years, there are many, many ups and downs. The good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. God, through it all, you were here. And you were with us. You lifted us up when we were down. You reminded us what it means to be a church from time to time. You rejoiced with us when we got it right. And when we failed, you forgave and you healed us. You, O oh God. You who seek out the lost, you have been our Savior. 
And we give you thanks. For the good news that has been proclaimed in word and deed in this place and that place and that place and that place. Good news that brought your people and fed their lives over these decades. You know, it was the same good news that brought the tax collectors and the sinners to Jesus. As a group I can identify with. They heard for the very first time that they were worth something. That their lives mattered. When Jesus spoke of a God's kingdom that was open and welcoming and had a place for all around the table, they heard for the very first time of God's love and grace and they couldn't get enough. They just kept coming to hear, to hear that God loved them so. They were lost, but by the grace of God they were found Hallelujah. They wanted to hear. They came to listen, to understand, to make that message a part of their lives, to help them through their own struggles and journeys and future. But they weren't the only group in the room. They weren't the only group listening. Well, maybe they were the only group listening. But they weren't the only group there. Our gospel tells us that there were a group of Pharisees and scribes, the good holy people of the time. They came to hear, no, they came to grumble at the gospel. They came to grumble because instead of being a new and refreshing, engaging word, this message of Jesus' welcome to all The inclusive and radical nature of God's hospitality was a little bit too much for these folks to handle. They were the rule followers. They were the ones who followed to the letter the tradition and the past. They were the ones who restricted and held at arm's length the hurting people of God. They were the ones who judged Jesus' reaching out to the unworthy as being dangerous, as being not of God, not according to the law, to Scripture. The Pharisees grumbled. Now, to that group of Pharisees and tax collectors, Jesus tells three stories. A story about some sheep Coins is the prodigal son. And he tells these stories with a question to introduce them. Tell me, now, which of you shepherds, having a hundred sheep, if you lose one, will leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go chasing after it? Just imagine the Pharisees. Imagine what their response was. Are you kidding me? Are you nuts? Who in their right mind would leave 99 sheep, the flock, alone in the wilderness and risk it all for the sake of one unworthy sheep? Had good sense to stay with the flock, we wouldn't be in this pickle. That's ridiculous. I bet you the tax collectors and the sinners, though, 
They got it. They understood where Jesus was going. Hey, that shepherd sounds like my shepherd. That shepherd sounds like my God who risks it all, who empties life for the sake of the hurting and the unworthy and the broken. My God is the one who seeks the lost, who sweeps the room, searching earnestly. My God is the one who rejoices when the sun comes home. Whenever you celebrate an anniversary, you look back, it's a good thing to do, to think about who we were, where we've come from, to go through the pictures and the memories. There's a danger, though, in the celebration of anniversaries. There's a danger of allowing our memories to be gilded, to think back and only remember the good times, to remember our successes and prosperity of the past. To remember, gee, do you remember when the church was filled or the Sunday schools, we didn't have room enough for the kids? And then to begin to lament and wish to go back to the days of Egypt. The danger is to forget the struggles, the conflicts, the fights. To forget the hurts the ways in which we fell down. When we look back into our, our history as a congregation, we'll be doing that as part of our strategic planning as we go to look ahead. We'll take a good, honest look at our history. We'll name some things, we'll celebrate, and we'll confess. But for our today, what I'd like to bring up is that we were at our less than best as a congregation when we gathered here as a group of Pharisees, convinced that we were right, convinced that our way was the only way to travel. When we gathered judging others, we were not at our best form. On the other hand, when we gathered as a group of tax collectors and sinners, all too aware of our own brokenness, open to see how God may be able to use even the likes of us. We were at our best. We were at our best when we opened our doors and our tables to those who were different, to those who understood the world and their lives in a different way. We were at our best when we linked with partners around the globe and down the street, to work out new solutions to helping those who are hurting. Truth is, each of us is at our best when we approach life as a tax collector and a sinner, and at our worst as a Pharisee. As we look to the next 80 years, I find three invitations in this text, in this wonderful gospel story. The first is to remember. Remember that we are the lost people of God. We are the broken people of God. We're the bruised people of God. We're the people of God that don't always have it all together. Second, 
Rejoice! Because we are the people of God. God remains with us in our brokenness and in our struggles and in our imperfections. God is present in the hurting people of this world. And if you have to ever wonder why that is, just look at the cross. God chose to be in the worst of places, to be made known in that act of giving love. Remember, we are lost. Rejoice, God is here. And respond. Respond by being the people who walk beyond the doors and greet the neighbor. Respond by being the people who share the love of God and know that that love and that welcome is for all. Rejoice. Respond. Remember. Good things for us to do in the next 80 years. Amen.